Hey guys, welcome to Newsworthy. We're glad you're here. Uh, Jerry, we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. So glad to have him with us. Uh, Clay Davis is with us, and we are going to formally introduce Clay here in just a few minutes. Um, we're, we, we got, I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, very much so. So for many, many of the shows, we've asked people to send in the small mommy pops and startups. And we have our first one today. <laughs> and I'm excited. <laughs> excited by that. Uh, uh, Moochies. Or, I'm sorry. Mochi's Munchies. There you go. Has sent us a chess pie and a plethora of cookies. Now, Jerry and I have very low willpower, and we have already tore into the cookies. Yes, we did. Uh, best sugar cookie I've ever eaten. Uh, not I, even hands close. Down. Not, yeah, hands down. Not even close. Um, we have not tried the chess pie yet. We have that here, and I'm going to take a bite. So, Jerry, you can talk. <laughs> You suck. He said that right as I picked the plate up, grabbed my fork, and started to take a bite. But, yeah, I guess I'll wait a few minutes. Mochi, thanks so much. The, the cookies are absolutely excellent. Steve was right, hands down, far and away the best that I've ever had. And I'm sure the chess pie will be the same. Clay, I certainly wish you was here with us. This stuff is excellent. Mm. And I was, I oh was my gosh. too. <laughs> I yeah. love cookies. Mm. Okay. So the chest pie is so moist and rich. And it is, it literally melts in your mouth. It is excellent. Very, very good. Yes, I will yeah. say, I, I absolutely love those cookies better, though. <laughs> I'm a cookie guy anyway. Cookies are outstanding. Um, if you want to support someone local, uh, Mochi uh, does not have a website yet, but she can fulfill orders from uh, her email, mochimunchi at gmail.com. So give her, give her a try, and uh, we'll see what's up. So, Jerry, how's your week been? It has been excellent, other than the extremely hot temps. You and I were talking about it. And it's not just the temps. We were talking earlier, it's the humidity, a lot of it. Today, I think, was, what, 93, 94? But it was just miserable outside. Uh, yeah, just wet, sticky. Clay, I don't know if you like this kind of weather, but, uh, yeah, wish I could get rid of this humidity. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sweltering and very almost as oppressive as the government outside. <laughs> Great way to put it. <laughs> that it is. I like it. So, Clay, tell us, what do you do when you're not throwing rocks at the government? <laughs> well, I, first and foremost, man, congratulations to you, Stephen, on your new granddad status. I didn't get a chance to thank you or uh, to congratulate you last week. Oh, thanks, uh, man. But yeah, that's uh, pretty awesome. And your son looks very, very happy. So uh, yeah. I'm happy for yeah. you guys. Baby's uh, healthy. Mama's healthy. Everybody's good. And congratulations to you. You didn't have a grandbaby, but you did have a daughter. I did. I did, I did gain a daughter. I sure did. My son <laughs> got married a couple weeks ago, and uh, I'm very, I'm elated to see my family growing. So uh, I'm. 50 years old and I'm to the point where I've done everything I can to raise my kids and now it's on them to go out and do their thing. And I'm glad just to kind of see all that take place and, and transpire the way it should. So, uh, but yeah, what I do in my spare time, uh, I work in the beer industry and, uh, uh, make sure everybody has lots of uh, their favorite beverages in uh, readily available places. And uh, other than that, uh, I'm a music fan, uh, avid music fan, and uh, spend the rest of my time uh, criticizing the government. So, Sweet. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I'm a simple man. That's awesome. So every week, usually we have dinner before we do our podcast. 
And it's usually something that requires me to have a beer when we're not having wine. Uh, and I just got to say, this is the third week I've had the Bud Light Next. Very impressed. Yeah. You like that? It's uh, it's it is the lightest beer on the market. Uh, yeah, it is, it is I don't dislike it. It yeah. it absolutely doesn't make me feel full. You know, beer has always done that, and this one, it it it's very light. Mick Ultra was my go-to for a long time, and this has kind of took its place. That uh, that product got introduced right around uh, the Super Bowl, and uh, it's gradually each month it's picked up. Uh, a little bit more every month, and I think people are starting to latch on to it. So you're not alone, man. Sweet. Apparently, Double Infinity likes it, too. Welcome right. in here, Double Infinity. Glad you're with us. All right. How was your week? Oh, dude. <laughs> My week's been really, really busy. So this week, I have two closings. Um, a wonderful family has sold their house and I bought and we we've got them into a new house. We're doing that Friday. Um, so I'm elated with, by that. Um, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got a new puppy, <laughs> uh, on top of a new grandbaby, we got a new puppy and, uh, it doesn't like me as much as I want it to like me, but hopefully that it, it'll grow to like me. That will change. We got our dog, a dog, yep. basically is what we did. So, but it's good. Um, she's cute as a button. Uh, really excited. Uh, Clay mentioned that, that I had a new grandbaby, and we've started the process of starting to get them into a starter home at some point. So, yep. uh, it's been a busy week. And the, uh, again, real quick, the market is changing. Uh, the real estate market is. If you're a seller, it could be a little scary. If you're a buyer, you could have a little hope. <laughs> um, but yeah, give me a call. We'll take care of that. Um, hey, one thing I want to sure throw in. We're only a couple of weeks away from August, and somewhere in the first second week of August means that it's time for what? Football season. Football season. Mm -hmm. If you if you've ever done fantasy football. The draft has to take place by second per second week of August, somewhere in there. Yeah, some places do it. I'm just waiting to see um, where if Baker's going to be starter or not. Oh, he's not. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing it up is, if, unless I'm mistaken, we still need one more for our league, right? We do. So, uh, anybody is looking for a fantasy football league to join, let us know. We plan on having 12 people, standard scoring. Yeah, uh, yeah, good way to get into it if you haven't before. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you. Um, now, a couple weeks ago, we talked a little bit when we were talking about abuse on men. We we were talking a little bit about LGBTQ, and I have tried. I've talked to 100 people to try to give me to understand what those letters mean, um, but no one's given me a straight answer. Well, this is your joke, I'm sure, because <laughs> obviously that's this terrible. is pretty easy. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Jerry, how do you keep showing up every week? <laughs> I know he's not paying you. I know the guy. He's not paying you, man. So you just. <laughs> you got off the football subject too quick. Well, that's because I don't. I'm really. I don't like hurting your feelings, Jerry. And since I win every single year. Oh, really? You okay. know, okay. I, I, I don't sorry. want you to quit. I was sworn I was the league champion that, or last year, but I guess I stand corrected. Well, maybe. But, maybe. you know, we're, we're going to ignore last year because it was COVID short ago. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about COVID two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, the last year you won? COVID was Ouch. huge in that year. That was the year when you didn't even know if a game was going to be played from week to week. So, yeah. Anyway, something we do agree on, UK football. How good are they going to be this week or this year? Oh, man. I'm stoked for the season. I, let me just say, I love Mark Stoops. I have such a man crush 
on Mark Stoops. You know, I'm not a huge UK basketball fan because of years back, Toby Smith. We, we could talk a whole day about that. But and just to make it clear, because he was kind of run out of town. Yeah. Yeah. So what Mark Stoops has done since he came to our program, since he it's called amazing. Mitch since since he called Mitch and said, Hey, I have a plan for UK football. Yep. Give me a chance. And they did. Um, I just can't say how many different ways I'm happy and excited every year for UK football. Absolutely. What do you think, Clay? I'm right there with you. And I think looking at the schedule, the schedule's lined up for us to really have a stellar season. Uh, We may may possibly take two losses, um, but I'm hoping that we're, we're able to do better than that. But, I think we're going to be definitely looking at a serious bowl. That is if there's no terrible injuries or unforeseen disasters. Uh, but uh, still got to still got to deal with Georgia. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let me just say, speaking of Georgia, and, and I'll throw this out and I'll change. What do you think about UK football? We brought it up and then didn't say anything about it because I took over and I apologize. No. Um, I absolutely agree. I think it should be a good year. I don't know if you'd heard, by the way, Mark Stoops was spotted at a bank in Lexington this week. Did you heard? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Said he was there to get his quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) You said my joke was bad. (laughs) Really? You know that's a good one. You are just jealous that you didn't have it. No, not even a little. That quarter. was an amazing joke. Quarter, back, get it, mm-hmm. bank, uh, bank, yeah. quarter, No, back. no. Take yeah. that. Take yeah. that and go out here. That was a good one. <laughs> you were right last week. <laughs> I totally left the humor away. Yes, you did. Last week. So, real quick, and then we're going to get into the our, our awesome topic tonight. I always like to share our growth and how much we've grown folks we are over 425 downloads this month alone 15 states 15 different states five different countries peru uh great britain um chile canada and the united states that's fantastic. Yes, it is. And for those that are wondering, uh, 30 minutes ago, we did call Steve's father-in-law, <laughs> Mike, pilot Mike, and thanked him for these terrific results. Mm. Thank him for flying around the world and downloading our podcast while he's there. All right. And he rolled his eyes at us. I could see it through <laughs> the phone. I could indeed. He probably did. All right, so tonight we're going to talk about um, surveillance, the ever-increasing surveillance state. And I couldn't think, when we when we were bantering this, this topic uh, around, I couldn't think of a better person to bring in and have as a guest as Clay. Um, Clay loves liberty. He, as I mentioned before, he likes to throw rocks at the government. He does activism, education. He has previously worked with the Tenth Amendment Center um, to help unnullify, or not unknow, to nullify <laughs> unconstitution data collection uh, by the NSA on a national level. And now focuses, he is the director of We See You Watch in Lexington. That's a grassroots organization in central Kentucky dedicated to bring in transparency. Transparency. Man, words are hard today. <laughs> and accountability, accountability <laughs> to the ever-growing surveillance state right here in Lexington. Um, Clay, welcome to the show. That was the worst intro I could have possibly given you. I apologize for that. Thank, but thank you, thank you, Stephen. We're, and we're Jerry, glad you're here. And 
Hey, appreciate you having me on. And it's either a case of not enough wine or too much wine. So, <laughs> well, no wine tonight. So maybe it's okay. not enough. Yeah, you need to chase your cookies, wash them down with a glass of red, sweet red. This is like courtesy this of one and a half Bud Light next. Mm, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm a lightweight. I don't care. <laughs> well, again, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, I guess just a little background about me and how we got it, how I got into this surveillance uh, thing that I do. Uh, going back to 2017, my friend and we see you watching Lexington founder, uh, Mike Meharry, uh, he and I were <clears throat> in our neighborhood and we noticed a four camera surveillance system had been installed in our neighborhood park uh, up here in Lexington. And uh, outside of traffic cameras, this was the first time that a camera had been installed by local authorities with the intent to surveil citizens in a public space. Uh, so from his previous work with the 10th Amendment Center, Mike knew pretty much right away that this was probably just the tip of the iceberg and that more invasive spy technologies would soon probably be coming into our, our city. Uh, in response to seeing this camera array, Mike formed our little local grassroots organization, We See You Watching Lexington, and he asked me to get involved, uh, at which I, time I became the community outreach director and helped with messaging and, and getting out uh, education and stuff about surveillance. Our goal with the group was to expand awareness about surveillance and to fight uh, to establish a local ordinance that would provide our community with the accountability and transparency uh, for all types of surveillance technologies used by the city of Lexington. Uh, we immediately got curious about what other surveillance devices were being used uh, and what, if any, policies were in place that would provide accountability and oversight to how these devices were being used. We submitted an open records request to the city of Lexington asking for operational specs operator manuals, financial details about the camera, details about other surveillance devices being used by the police, and what policies they had in place to protect privacy and provide transparency and accountability regarding their usage. We received hundreds and hundreds of pages of heavily redacted documents that really in actuality did not divulge that much. Uh, if any of the information, if any of the information we requested at all, um, it really was very difficult to discern through all the redaction that was on these pages. How many, uh, uh, Clay? How many ca cameras are active in Lexington currently, right now? Not counting the traffic cameras, you have the surveillance camera that's set up in uh, Berry Hill Park in our neighborhood. And then uh, upwards of 25 automatic license plate readers, uh, soon to be 100 uh, as of the financing that uh, Mayor Gordon put forth in her recent budget. It's going to expand that next year. Uh, and then we, there's also uh, body-worn cameras by police officers, aerial drone cameras. Um, it, and, yeah, it's probably going to continue to grow from there. So... Um, now, am I wrong? Just, just say, hey, dumb, you're, you're wrong. But didn't Mayor Gordon run for mayor with the expectation for more clarity? She, she did. She actually ran originally saying that um, there needed to be a larger conversation about it and that she didn't feel like uh, Lexington needed cameras on every corner and needed to watch uh, our citizens as fervently as say some cities or municipalities over in Europe where there's literally cameras on every street corner. Um, and then she turns around uh, after four years and commits $275,000 to literally putting cameras on every corner. <laughs> so uh, it was a quick turnaround for the mayor. I'm not sure what changed her mind. Uh, well, I've got some thoughts on that, but maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but after, after we received 
all those documents, uh, the city used the Homeland Security excuse as the reason to withhold the data. It also became apparent that the city had absolutely no policies in place that would pro provide assurances to the community that proper transparency, transparency was being implemented. So we were really left with no other option than to appeal to, at that time, uh, then Attorney General Andy Bashir, prior to him becoming governor. And uh, Andy Bashir ruled in our favor. He stated that the city re uh, used city resources to purchase these uh, items and this equipment and that the people had a right to know the answers to our questions. So this is where the plot thickens. We had the attorney general on our side saying that the city had to give us what we were asking for. So to avoid having to divulge the secrets that Lexington Police Department wanted so desperately to conceal, the city of Lexington served a court summons to Mike Meharry and sued him. <laughs> so, so we had basically for asking too many questions, the city decided to sue us. Oh, wow. Yeah, the ACLU ended up taking our case pro bono. It lasted for about, it was about a two and a half year court battle, which resulted in us winning the first two court appearances and a final appeal by the city that actually they found a judge that was willing to rule in their favor. At that point, we could have continued the appeal process to higher courts and we may have won. However, our ACLU uh, counsel advised us that if things were to go the wrong way, a dangerous precedent could be established that might actually damage other similar cases that were taking place at the national level. So with no guarantees of a desired outcome, uh, Mike pretty much <clears throat> decided to suspend the court proceedings. However, <laughs> this is the best part. <clears throat> Mike was willing and able to deliver one final parting gift to the city as we concluded the litigation process. Early in, our early in our campaign, Mike was photocopying some of the documents that we had received and noticed that as the light from the scanner passed over some of the redacted portions, he could actually make out what they said because the person who redacted them didn't use a Sharpie. <laughs> So, so we discovered at that point that the, L, the LPD, the Lexington Police Department, was operating 29 mobile surveillance cameras that they use for investigations. This is above and beyond the ones that we were just talking about when you were asking me uh, uh, how many were sure. in operation. So um, these cameras, the, the, the funny thing about these cameras, guys, is they can be discreetly attached to streetlights across from your home. And they can also be attached to utility poles and camouflaged as like gray utility boxes that you would normally find on a telephone pole. Companies that provide these types of cameras to law enforcement also produce cameras that can be set up in construction zones disguised as cinder blocks and also uh, as distributed along like roadways as orange traffic cones. Wow. So so this was the actual secret that the cops were trying to hide from the public. The city was using covert methods to surveil citizens with no oversight and no guarantees that warrants had been issued. And it's likely that the uh, Lexington Police Department actually signed a non-disclosure agreement with the company that supplied the gear because the police chief, uh, the current police chief, uh, Larry Weathers, denied their existence during a live press conference as recently as a few months ago when a reporter who had had referenced our reporting on the subject asked chief about these and he was like cameras i know of no cameras that we operate in such a capacity i don't know what cameras <laughs> he completely wow. denied them yeah even though we had in print that they they exist um, so with all the wrangling complete, uh, uh, legal wrangling concluded, um, Mike asked if he could, he asked our attorneys if he could safely go public with this information, the ACLU kind of gave him the green light and that is exactly what he did. And man, was the city pissed. The cat, <laughs> the cat was, the cat was pretty much out of the bag and there wasn't a thing they could do about it. Uh, we warned folks at the time 
that this was just the beginning and that things would get worse and more invasive uh, types of surveillance were going to soon permeate our hometown. We asked the city council repeatedly to adopt a proposed ordinance that we actually provided to them. Uh, it was a model uh, ordinance uh, that would provide transparency and accountability and uh, also public input about these types of surveillance used in, Lex in Lexington. We got ignored at virtually every turn until recently. Uh, we can get into that here in a little bit as well, but we do have some interest. There are a couple council members now that are interested in uh, possibly going forward with our ordinance. But now five years later, Lexington now lives in a fishbowl of fixed cameras, body-worn cameras, traffic cameras, license plate reading cameras, aerial drone cameras, 29 super-secret covert cameras, and an Amazon Ring doorbell program that allows police to use your doorbell as a surveillance camera. Yeah. Mayor Gordon has just green-lighted an additional 75 license plate readers like I was talking about previously, and that will make it nearly impossible to travel freely in our city without your whereabouts being logged into a database. If there was ever so, a time to adopt a surveillance accountability ordinance, it would probably be now. Jerry and I were just talking right before we came online. And we were talking about... Several things. I don't know which one you're referring well, to. Well, we were talking about the the different types of surveillance. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mentioned that there was to me, basically two, there was mass surveillance, which basically means indiscriminate surveillance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then there is individual surveillance mm -hmm. and individual surveillance is when they have reasonable cause and yes. they go get a search warrant if necessary. Warrant. Some yep. types of surveillance don't require it. Um, and my question to you was, I knew that you're strongly against mass surveillance and were you against individual surveillance? One, one question I'd also like to ask Clay, you, you've told us about the different types of surveillance. Which ones of those do you, if any, do you agree with? I, this, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm not against the police having the proper tools they need to fight crime and to keep the city safe. Um, yeah. I'm not opposed to that at all. Um, I, we want we want the police to have that. Um, but we also want it to be used in a manner in which the, the public can be confident that they're not going to be abused. So really, I, I'm not, though I don't like them and the potential for abuse terrifies me uh, and we can get a little bit more into that on a bigger scale uh, here in a little bit but in general I'm not opposed to them um, with the exception of stingrays which currently are not in use in Lexington but stingrays are a cell site simulator that can be it's a small box that can be placed in the back of a police car and what it does is it simulate simulates a cell phone tower and it tricks your phone into thinking that that box is a cell phone tower. So instead of pinging to the tower, it pings to the box and the police are able to pretty much, uh, intercept. They, can, they can intercept, they can look at everything. They can also, some stingrays have the ability to allow police to put things on your phone. Uh, it's a more advanced uh, technology that was, was even out a few years ago. Um, and almost all of that is done warrantless. Uh, there's no way you could ever know. And the police oftentimes uh, will, they will use that evidence in a manner that they don't have to come out in a courtroom and say where it came from. And they'll right. use a tactic as uh, known as a parallel investigation uh, tactics in the courtroom so that they don't have to divulge that and attorneys can't really fight against that if it's not part of discovery. Um, so you're really not protected at all in, in the case of stingrays. Um, but our big thing is let's make if the, if the police want these tools, let's make sure that we have an ordinance in place that assures that there's accountability, uh, transparency about what they are and how they're being used 
give the public some input as to whether they want these types of surveillance devices used in the community. Also give us some impact statements on what you think the impact of these devices will have, what are potential abuses that could arise from having them. Also uh, make sure that, you know, let's talk about how the city, let's have something in writing about how the city shares data, who they're sharing it with, how long are they going to retain data? All those types of things are things that the public needs to know. Um, and then also through the use of freedom of information and all that, we need to actually ask for footage from these cameras to make sure, because in the case of the, uh, the Berry Hill cameras, when they first went up, we did a, a separate freedom of information act just on, we gave random dates and times for the camera footage. And we asked specifically for these random dates and times just because we wanted to see if those cameras were peering into the private properties of the folks that lived on the perimeter of the park. And sure enough, once we got that footage, it was obvious that they were. Those people's backyards were being surveilled without warrants. And because of our Freedom of Information Act and the complaint that we lodged, it actually caused the city to re-angle those cameras so that those people's privacy was now protected. Those are the so, kinds of things we're looking at. The, in my <clears throat> terrible brain fog, the thing that I was talking about that we were talking about before the show was I am absolutely shocked that I got to say this on air. <clears throat> I have never agreed with the ACLU more than I do on this topic. Right. They are by far uh, right 90% of the time. I and for this it. issue, they're one of the leading groups that, that are fighting against government surveillance. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They actually, they, they actually um, wrote the, the body of this ordinance that we've put forth and we've asked the city to adopt, they actually, in the process of writing that ordinance, um, they consulted with uh, our founder, uh, Mike Meharry, and got some input from him. So he was actually very active in the creation of this ordinance. Um, that's one of the reasons why we're, one of the many reasons we're fond of it, but it's on our website. I strongly urge everybody to take a look at this ordinance. It's solid. It's very, very good. Um, it, it does not really do much to keep police from having these toys that they covet, uh, but it does put some safeguards in place and it does make them jump through some hoops. It does. It's just not as easy as signing a check and buying the gear. There's a process they would have to go through. Um, hey, Clay, what's the website that you would like uh, people to look? www.wecuwatchinglexington.com. And uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, we've got a pretty good following there. Um, but uh, I urge everybody to take a look at this ordinance. And if you see, after reading it with your own eyes, that what I see in this thing, that it is a, a benefit to our community to have it, I strongly urge you to get on the Lexington Fayette Urban County Government website. Even if you're not a citizen of Lexington, but maybe you commute to Lexington for work, your voice still counts because these license plate readers are all gathering, they're gathering your data too, and they're dumping them into all kinds of websites or all kinds of databases. Um, so your voice counts too. <clears throat> and get on that Lexington Fayette Urban County Government website, go to the council members section. They have a little box where you can click to find your council member. And if you just, if, if you live here, type in your address. If you commute here, type in your work address and find out who your council member is here in Lexington and drop them a quick email, just saying something as simple as, I support surveillance accountability in Lexington. Please put forth and adopt uh, the surveillance uh, accountability ordinance. And that, that'll go a long way to help us right now, especially since we have, <clears throat> there's a couple of council members now that are actually interested in maybe putting this through their legislative process. Okay couple questions for you, Clay. Sure. First question. A, you mentioned it a couple of times. A license plate reader. Yes. I'll play devil's advocate. 
Well, if I'm not speeding, why should I care about that? Well, the, the police are putting this out as, hey, we're not gathering your data. We're not, we're not spying on you. Uh, we're also not sharing your data. And by their policy, that's true. They're only retaining your data for about 30 days. What they're not telling you is, oh, and they're also saying we're, we're only putting in, we will, we will put in plate numbers or partial plate numbers of people who are of interest in an investigation. Okay, well, that's fine here locally, but these cameras, all of these automatic license plate readers, they basically, um, they have the technology to take still shots. It's not a video, it's a still shot of thousands of cars per minute as they pass by these fixed cameras. Uh, and they, they're basically taking a picture of every license plate that goes by. What they're not telling you is that those cameras are linked up to a national surveillance system, whereas there are upwards of 18 to 20 or more different agencies at the federal level, much less hundreds of local police and sheriff uh, departments outside of Lexington, Kentucky, that can access that data. And so it's- What would they use that for? Well, best case scenario and worst case scenario. Base case, they know you're a murderer and they're tracking you and they find you, right? Right. So what's the worst case? Worst case scenario, and these are things that have actually happened. There's documentation that these things have taken place. We have seen uh, license plate readers placed at the entrances of gun shows as a means of generating watch lists for potential gun owners and buyers. We have seen license plate readers placed in front of organic grow shops as a means of creating watch lists for potential cannabis growers. Um, This one is probably one of the most nefarious and there are countless, countless instances where police officers using surveillance tech for personal matters Yep. Uh, going rogue using surveillance to harass, intimidate, spy upon their ex-wives, their girlfriends. Uh, the primary reason they get away with this is a widespread, again, a widespread lack of city ordinances which govern how these devices are used without violating people's privacy. Guys, there are literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of municipalities just in America alone. When you think of all the townships and cities across this country, right now there are about 18 cities that have an ordinance similar to what we're proposing here in Lexington. Holy buckets. Uh, yeah. So uh, th- this is a this is an issue where the technology is way ahead of the legislation or the laws that should be in place and it's time that we get caught up right now. You you're only looking, you're looking at like the primary cities uh, are St. Louis, Missouri, New York city, Madison, Wisconsin, Seattle, Washington, Nashville, Tennessee, yellow Springs, Ohio, of all places, Cambridge, Massachusetts, Lawrence, Massachusetts, Santa Clara, California, Berkeley, California, Davis, California, San Francisco, California, and Oakland, California, has probably the most stringent anti-surveillance or surveillance accountability uh, ordinance in place. Those guys are serious out there. Super serious. Real quick, Clay, let me, let me jump in here for just a second. Sure. Sure. If you guys hear a fork clinking on a plate, you can blame uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mochi monster for that. Because we are having a hard time not eating this pie during the podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, I'm trying to stick with cookies, but I got half a slice of pie here, and I, I just can't. Yeah, it's that good, Mochi. Thank you for yeah, sending benefits, that to us. Benefits and perks of the show, man. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take those all day long. Um, and I... I agree with you on most of this. Now, Jerry, you asked the question earlier about which we agree with and which we think is good. I think that body cams, huh? You think it's all bad. I think most of it. 
I really do. And like the example we talked about before the show with the Amber Alert, um, do the police have the, the, the right to surveil someone who meets that criteria? Okay, they do, but they have to at some point come back and say, okay, this is why this guy, we surveilled him, and time is of the essence. On a normal, like the first example you used with the drug dealer, if he's a drug dealer, you can get that anytime. Go get the warrant. Well, let's digress for a second and tell them sure. what led to this. You were saying that you didn't believe in any type of surveillance. That's not Mass or individual surveillance. Um, let me finish. Okay. Unless the police had went to an, a judge and got a search warrant. Yeah. So even if it is just police driving four cars behind a guy. You don't think that they have a right to do that. You don't think the police have a right to surveil no, no. anything no. unless they have, that's what you said. That, that, that's an extreme example because one of the, one of the things here that I completely agree with of all the things that Clay brought up and mentioned was the body cameras. I absolutely believe that every police officer and even I'll take it a step further too. Correction officers should have an active working body cam when and they're not on duty. Just as a method of surveillance, but to be able to prove what they accountability. Did. Accountability, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. What do you think about that, Clay? Well, in theory, I think it's great and whatever, but it's a bit of a pipe dream too, because we've already seen I just saw a picture last week where uh uh police officer got caught with a piece of electrical tape over his lens and <laughs> somebody called him out on it. Um, the, the police conveniently lose and uh, having a bunch of people in my freedom of information acts are the most wonderful thing. And people in the Liberty camp have gotten real good at using them. And if I had a nickel for every time that uh, body cam footage has been asked for and has been conveniently lost or conveniently deleted or whatever screwball reason they can give. I mean, it's just, it, again, in, in theory, they're wonderful, but in practice, it's just another tool for the police to protect themselves. And they're really not used to protect the general public like they could be. Um, sure. The other effort, the other thing that is a concern privacy wise is, and I, I, I think I might've texted this at your last show or messaged it in the, in the stream there in the thread, <clears throat> even though it, it happens in public, if you get pulled out of your car and you're belligerent drunk, there's probably not too many of us that would want people to get their hands on that and circulate that footage of the right. police body cam. But unfortunately, because of, and it's a good thing because we use these rules to, to bring forth a lot of bad behavior by police, but we also stumble into a lot of people's private stuff. And we've seen a lot of things that people probably wouldn't want aired out in public <laughs> just, right. you know, for privacy, right. you know? Um, so there, there, there is a drawback to that, but, um, in the grand scheme of things, the, the original thought behind body cams is a good, good thing. I just know they were used, uh, more practically for what they were described to be used for. My, my counter to that is we like here, at Newsworthy to think that 98% of cops are good cops. They're just trying right, to do their job. Here we go with that bad everything. apple crap. Nah, here we go with the bad apple crap. No, no, you're you know, right. It takes a couple bad apples. You got to finish the adage. The adage yep. Is, no, no, that's right. That means the whole bunch is rotten. And the problem I, is. I get it. The police do not do anything to get the get rid of the bad apples. They have a toxic. That's the problem that keeps them keeps keeps those guys in play. And so, as long as we have the two percent, then we we still have a bad batch. We still yeah, have, you know, I get that. So. But I think what Steve was leading to was you're absolutely right. Body cams are too easily circumvented right now. There's too many departments that are as you said, conveniently losing. But if we could get to a place to where that they were being utilized correctly, they should be 
a great deterrent to that police brutality that we're hoping to get away from. Right. We've yeah, seen, absolutely. We've, we've seen that in use, but far more prevalently, what you've seen is citizens capturing footage of the yep. police. And that's your, I'm telling you, far more reliable because we already know if the police are left up to investigate themselves, there's always going to be no wrongdoing found almost every time. So now that brings up something that another question I've got when you mentioned about the individual joke, you public uh, recording some interaction, your ordinance will it in any way limit the public or is it, solely geared towards government and if it's solely geared toward government would that even be found legal when police departments appeal it as are certainly to do and say we're being held to a much higher standard than the overall public is well the government's already held to a higher standard by the constitution uh the, the constitution pretty much the fourth amendment and the kentucky constitution guarantees that the government does not have a right to interfere or to uh, illegally search or uh, seize our property. So they're automatically held at a higher standard than the public. Um, You bring up a really fascinating topic, though, and it's one that in the surveillance community, it's got us stumped, Jerry. And that is the right now you're seeing some cities where the police have figured out that there are going to be certain roadblocks if they utilize as a government entity, these surveillance technologies. So they've started partnering with public partners and that's where things get really murky. Um, and it gets very difficult to, um, to have a piece of legislation that is going to have a fine line of demarcation between government and public usage because you you really cannot based on those protections of the constitution you cannot curtail the public from being able to uh, record what they can see with their naked eye Um, so when the government starts leaning into public usage uh, like in the instance of the Amazon Ring doorbell program, it just came out this weekend. Baltimore's police department got the benefit of Amazon giving on 11 different instances footage of people's doorbells without permission, even though Amazon's policy is they will not give out that permission or that footage unless they have your permission. So they've already breached their own policy. And it's a very difficult, it's a sticky wicket, Jerry, and none of us have the right answer right now. There's a lot of really smart people working on it, um, but none of us have an answer for that right now. If I'm Uh, not mistaken, on the Amazon Ring doorbell, isn't that a program that you can opt into or out of to share your information with the public with no search warrant, whatever? You pretty much, that's how it's written. Um, but with these low, with these latest revelations just this past this weekend, um, that's okay. not necessarily the case. So they were uh, giving footage were, to police yeah. departments from people who had not opted into had, the program. Had, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's a big problem. That's a huge problem. It is. Um, so, I didn't have a problem with that originally, if I remember correctly. It was a program that you was by default opted out of and you could opt into it. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that, but if they turned just that around, if they defaulted to where you're automatically in the program, I'd have a problem. And I've got a huge problem. If for people who are not in the program and they're still sharing it, that's a huge issue. Yes. And I'll say this, even though there is really uh, the, the whole dispute about, um, you have no expectation of privacy in public. The one, the one group of people that have no voice uh, in whether they're uh, seen on an Amazon doorbell or not are the people walking by. 
uh, the innocent people walking by. Um, right. So there, you know, there. To me, it it it's just a disturbing thing all the way around. I see the benefits. I don't get me wrong. I see the benefits, but man, I see so much potential abuse. It's sure. ter- it just terrifies me. How long? Oh, go ahead. Well, I just started to say it's not just the ring doorbells. It's the dash cams. The rear view backup cameras, you you name it. In today's society, if you go out in public for any period of time, there's a great chance that you were recorded on numerous systems. As a former CDL driver, unless it's a mom and pop at this point, you're not passing any truck of size that doesn't have a camera facing forward and into the cab. And that's strictly for insurance. Sure. And I'm sure that yeah. they're probably not sharing that with police departments. Uh, uh, they'll share it with anybody that asks. Really? Yes, sir. How many police departments are going to start asking a trucking system, share your info? I mean, I, maybe it's happening. I seriously doubt it. it. I, you, I wouldn't. If, if the police found out that there was footage, um, they're going to ask for it. It's just the, the whole no question about it. Yeah. And, and you take a small, uh, you know, a, a company like what I had that had a hundred trucks, that's not a big deal. But if you take a company like JB Hunt, they have a half a million trucks yeah, out there. I know. That's but, a lot of data. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly as useful a data as something like a camera in a park. I, no, I, I get read, it. At I least it. in this situation they've got a camera at a specific address and for everything that comes into view they know exactly where it was at for your truck you know i don't know how good the gps data that went along with that was within three feet hold on hold on is that included with the camera system oh yeah you're sure it has to be or it's useless for the insurance company i'm not saying you can't put the two together I'm just saying, is it part of the camera system? So if you shared your camera footage, are you including GPS data as well? Because that's two separate systems on your Mm -hmm. truck. Again, without the GPS data, the the view of the vehicles that your truck passed is pretty much meaningless. Well, the one thing I know. The the devices that are on our trucks uh, at my, my place of employment. Right. All that uh, data is integrated. Uh, GPS, your yeah. rate of speed, all of that's integrated and can be pulled up at, on the screen when you replay it. Um, so, in that yeah, case, they wouldn't have a use for it. Yeah. yeah. So, Clay? Uh, sure, yes. The one thing I know is that we have just talked about Lexington. We haven't even got to the, to the, the state. We haven't got to the federal level level, which is where it's really being right. Yeah. So there's what one I would thing like that jump, the one thing that jumps out at me, and it's when you made you, Stephen, when you made your post last week, hyping the episode that I was originally going to be on last week. Um, right. You, uh, and I know it was tongue in cheek. Okay, I know it was tongue in cheek. But Stephen's post last week basically uh, had a reference to the NSA in it. Yes. And e- even though it was in jest, you can pretty much be assured that the mere mention of the organization was enough to garner their attention. That means, <laughs> that mean, that means two things, guys. One, if they have not already checked out your fledging, fledgling podcast, they are, they are now. And two, because... You both are operating a political forum that reaches others. There's a possibility that comments that you make, both of you, might be critical of the government. This will unquestionably result in the NSA crawling way up into your business. Congratulations, gentlemen. You are now a member of all the watch lists that I am on. Okay. Well, listen, Jerry and I, now, guys, a very exclusive and elite club. Jerry, point two million of us, according to the last FBI. Holy buckets! Yeah. So apparently, the FBI thinks one point two million Americans are up to nefarious means uh, through uh, uh, homegrown terrorism. Oh wow! (laughs) Jerry and I already have said that we made a conscious decision which much to the chagrin of the rest of the United States 
um, when we decided to go ahead and do the podcast, that we would not be running for president anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, you don't, you don't want your skeleton, any skeletons in the closet. Of these oh, dude. They will. I got more skeletons in clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you've forgotten something well, several years ago. When was it Snowden went public? 93 or uh, 2000? 2013. Yeah, 13 or 14. It was shortly after that when we had found out that the government was using computers to sniff through emails and phone conversations looking for certain keywords that would then result in a, an actual live person looking at this, as Clay just alluded to. And I remember the conversation that you and I had. I lived in D.C. suburbs at the time. And you and I decided we were going to use every word possible to make sure that we were on this list. We talked about terrorism, bombings, you, you name it. We talked about it to make sure we were on the list. So I'm sure they've been looking at us for a while now. So the uh, program was called uh, X Keystroke, and there were a lot of uh, yeah, amazing revolu- revelations that came out. One of them uh, being that that program actually allowed, and they've moved on since we pretty much rest assured now that all that's public, they've moved on to something else far more nefarious. Yeah. Uh, that time, X Keystroke gave the NSA the ability to rewind the internet now think about that for a minute think about that for a minute they have the ability to sit in an isolated remote area and rewind the internet and look at pretty much anything and everything and that that's your social media that emails that's your uh metadata that's every little thing you do online and how do we know that the government wants all of your data and your messaging and your online activities? Well, it's easy. Former NSA director, General Hayden was clear that he wanted it all. And he guided the agency toward that end. Now, Michael Hayden, interesting guy. Uh, I very smart man, uh, but I hate his guts. He once said the Constitution defends all of us against unreasonable search and seizure. What constitutes reasonableness depends upon threat. Mm. So it has become clear in recent times that the government can turn just about anything into a threat from viruses to environmental dangers to radical extremist parents who raise their voices at PTA meetings. The government creates self-licking ice cream cones that they sell to us as threats via the corporate media. Again, the common person's definition of threat and the government's are two completely different things. I think it was, uh, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? He was uh, the media guy, the reporter that worked with Snowden, uh, Glenn Greenwald. Uh, What was that quote that he... Let me think here for a second, man. He had a great quote about that. Um, see if I can find it real quick. Well, what I was going to ask while you're thinking, Clay, yeah, is since we've spent the entire show talking about Lexington, we'd love to have you back in the future to talk exclusively about federal and even state surveillance sure. and how we need to prevent, uh, what, what are our options are, um, and what we need to do. One of the best ways to, to stop the NSA is, uh, and this is a, uh, let me tell you guys, my, my work with the 10th amendment center was short lived and mostly inconsequential, but I did work on a relatively important little project for a very short time. And um, it was basically, it was called the Fourth Amendment Protection Act. And what it did was uh, at the state level, it prohibited or banned the NSA from um, material sources of a state. And by material sources, um, for instance, the in Bluffdale, Utah, the NSA operates a huge facility that 
it, it houses all the servers that they use to store all of this data that they're stealing on every one of us. There's not one person whose data is not stored in this building. And the, the <laughs> servers are kept cool by 1.7 million gallons of Utah's water every day. Hmm. So the best way to stop the NSA is to put forth um, and build a dam. Well, the Fourth Amendment Protection Act basically deprived the um, through a state law the NSA from coming in and having access to water or electricity or necessary things that it would need to operate its its facilities. And oh, wow. that is a that's a it, it was a very uh, the one of the best ones we ever had was uh, uh, a bill that got passed in Michigan and it was passed overwhelmingly um, by overwhelmingly. This was back in 2018. Um, the Michigan House voted 108 to one in favor of this bill. The Michigan Senate passed the measure unanimously 37 to zero. It was um, modeled after a piece of model legislation that the 10th Amendment Center uh, drafted called the Fourth Amendment Protection Act. And uh, we can, you want to have me come back? We can talk about that in great length, man. It's a, Yeah, I think that would be an excellent. Yeah, fascinating little piece. And there's a lot of different ways that you can fight the NSA through nullification, essentially. So Okay. Well, Clay, we absolutely appreciate you having been here today um and we been, definitely want you back at some point to talk about surveillance on a federal level we didn't we didn't even get to julian assange oh, Edward yeah, Snowden. We, yeah. um, so, much. so we got I lots actually, of stuff great, to do too I, I had a great little snowden quote i was going to end with but we'll save it for another time because yeah let's do um, uh, yeah, I'll be glad to come back and talk about, I mean, uh, even outside of surveillance, man, if you want to talk about uh, anything and you want kind of a libertarian perspective, I'll be glad to come on and uh, and uh, and join you guys again. This has been great. Awesome. And I've had a blast. Sweet. And, uh, yeah. And uh, thanks for being here. We certainly I, appreciate I, it. I want to end this show. I, I got to see my granddaughter uh, a couple of days ago. Um she got stung by a bee on her oh. foot and I was making, I'm such a terrible grandpa. <laughs> I was making fun of her. Okay. So I was on my way home. I was on my bike and as I was riding, I had a, and, and after, let me, let me backtrack just for a second. I did a, I did a show about how honeybees are disassociated disappearing. So I'm not going to blame the stings that I've received on honeybee. Um, so what I've decided is I love Georgia, Georgia, everything about Georgia. I love people in Georgia. I love They're very um, much like Kentuckians. We're very, yes, similar. very much. And you know, there's always going to be a piece of my heart in Georgia. But what Georgia has that we don't have is scorpions and fire ants. So what I told my granddaughter was that she didn't get stung by a bee. She got stung by a scorpion in a bee suit that learned to fly. So I just I just wanted her to know if she ever listens to the show, I because I made a I know it's because because I made fun of her. I also got stung by a Georgia scorpion in a bee suit four times on my way home. It got caught in my jacket and just stung me like four times. <laughs> you are such a loving, kind grandfather. You know that? <laughs> I know, right? Just I in know, case. Man, I, your I granddaughter know. hasn't told you. I thought I'd throw that in. No, no. What my granddaughter told me was, she is, she said, and I quote, would fake you please news. go on hope, somewhere with all that nonsense? I, I hope she looked up at you and said, fake news, man. Disinformation, yeah, really. <laughs> bro. I know, right? Yeah. Well, Clay, again, we're sorry about the uh, inconvenience last, last week. week. We are uh, it was well worth it. Well worth the wait. We're glad you're Thanks, here. Guys. 
thank you. And again. we'll do this again. Uh, thanks for uh, for having me on and uh, giving me a chance to kind of talk to your listeners and uh, talk to you guys. It was uh, very enjoyable and uh, look forward to doing it again. Uh, Absolutely. Real, another another real quick plug just before I sure. go. Um, like I said, my work with the 10th Amendment Center was brief and mostly inconsequential. But Michael Bolden and Mike Meharry, the two guys that are running that operation, are doing big work with a little bit of nothing. They are two guys that are basically punching up and they get results. And if you want to be a part of or contribute to a, an organization that is actually making a, dis a difference, um, look at the 10th Amendment Center. You can contribute as little as $2 a month and it goes a long way. Uh, they, those two guys do so much with so little and they do it at the state level. They go state by state and put forth uh, different bills uh, and get these bills sponsored in state houses and senates that actually go towards uh, stopping the, the oppression that's coming from the federal government through the 10th Amendment Center, which or through the 10th Amendment, which basically gives any power not delegated to the federal government back to the states. And they use that to fight the, the, the corruption and, and all this crap that we're seeing coming down from Washington, D.C. I can't awesome. push those guys hard enough. So anybody who any of your listeners who actually want to want to take a look at a, a, a group that does some good, please check out those guys at the 10th Amendment Center. That's awesome. Will do, man. A couple of things. One, you, earlier you mentioned about the Glenn Greenwald quote. I have no idea if this is the one. I Googled it. I saw several that I really liked. The, the one that I love is three words, surveillance breeds conformity. And if you yeah. don't want to stand up like China or somewhere like that, yeah, there has to be limits. There has to be transparency. Also, for those that are interested that maybe were driving or whatever and didn't have a chance to write down the websites, when I put the podcast up, I will have those URLs uh, attached to the podcast. Clay? And uh, one more. Yes. Uh, for the cookies and the chess pie, we'll uh, please well. get with moochiesmunchies at gmail.com. Uh, fan, can't risk, can't recommend those enough. Absolutely. Great guys, have an awesome night. Keep pushing those numbers, and uh, we'll talk to you all very soon. Thanks. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Clay.